Welcome to The Teaching Edge, the podcast where we explore the intersection of education and technology, from the latest innovations in tech to best practices for integrating technology in the classroom. We are here to help teachers and educators stay current and find new ways to enhance their teaching and their students' success. Join us as we discuss the latest trends and innovations in educational technology and hear from experts in the field. Get ready to level up your understanding of technology and take your teaching to the next level with the Teaching Edge podcast. Visit our website at theteachingedge.org. Welcome to our first interview in this series, and I'm very excited about it. A lot is said about AI, and in fact, AI is used very successfully in education technology. Today's episode is a conversation with Kavita and Raj, the founders of Synaptic, who use AI to help students practice towards science exams, specifically in answering open-ended questions. If a student were to practice toward a multiple-choice test, very easy. A computer can easily know if you've answered correctly or not, but what about open-ended questions? With the technology we discuss in the interview, this becomes possible and to a very high degree of accuracy. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited to have me here today, Kavita and Raj from uh, Synaptic. And uh, today we'll be talking about instant, interactive, and personalized learning. I hope I said it right. Uh, and how AI is being used for learning and revising. Um, I'll give some background about uh, this episode. Uh, uh, I met uh, Kavita at an education technology event, and I was very, very impressed after hearing about uh, the technology and what Synaptic does, uh, especially in an area that's very difficult uh, to assess using technology, which is uh, answers written in free form rather than math, for example, where we can um, just uh, have... Um, uh, have uh, students type in answers and uh, be assessed very easily. It's much harder when it's a uh, freeform uh, text. Uh, I logged into the system, tried it myself. I'm very, very impressed. And uh, it's a great opportunity to meet you and hear about this technology and what it does for, uh, uh, for learning, for uh, students, for teachers. And um, so uh, thank you very much for uh, being here. Uh, maybe we should start, uh, you know, tell us about uh, yourselves, about uh, your backgrounds, about Synaptic. Start from there. Absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's, it's lovely. To, it's a pleasure to be here and to share our journey and a bit more information about Synaptic. So really, thank you for inviting us on the podcast. Uh, to, I'll quickly give a brief introduction about myself and then Raj will uh, give introduce herself in a bit. So I've, I've been a teacher all my life. I moved, uh, did all my schooling, all my education, everything in India. Moved to the UK in 2007, where I did my uh, PTC from Cambridge. And uh, since then, I've been actually teaching in the secondary science sector in, uh, in the UK. So moved around several schools, held various positions within mm-hmm. faculties, but really leading the teaching and learning aspect within the classroom and really engage. So that was always my prime drive in teaching, uh, to drive the teaching and learning and how to make it better both for the students and for the teacher. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what I bring to Synaptic. So I bring the content, the teacher, the teacher aspect, the pain points of the teacher, the students and the schools to uh, Synaptic. Uh, so that's my role and that's a quick brief introduction of myself as well. So yeah, over to you Raj. Thanks, Kavita, and thanks, Amir, so much for uh, inviting us uh, today. So I have a very technical background, uh, but, you know, similar to Kavita, grew up and uh, did did an engineering degree in uh, India. 
and started my career in software development uh, and then uh, also moved to the UK in 2007. And that's why we've been friends since, since then. Actually, we both studied in Cambridge. Um, and so I, I moved to academia after uh, coming to the UK. And uh, since uh, my master's in Cambridge followed with a PhD uh, in Imperial College London, I've been uh, in uh, computational uh, research. So primarily in the clinical, clinical sector, but using a lot of data science. And uh, in my previous job, I led um, research, uh, cardiac research in the London Ambulance Service, uh, deriving insights from clinical data. And uh, that's, that's you know, the, the software development and the data science background that I bring into, uh, into the company. And uh, yeah, I think our friendship and then you know, the fact that we were moms together of, of kids, uh, we started doing this uh, together a couple of years ago. And uh, with Kavitha's, you know, experiencing the pain points that we are addressing both as a teacher and as a student. Um, I think it's been incredibly um, a useful marriage between our, our complementary skills, I guess, uh, to, to bring, bring what we're doing uh, today to, to uh, you know, the end users as teachers and students. Yeah, def- definitely. And, and I think really merging technology with actual real experience uh, from a uh, real teaching and real interaction with the student that's the most important because uh, technology can be used in many ways and it many times uh, uh, doesn't fit uh, the goal. Um, exactly. And uh, so, so yeah, I, uh, I think it's a, it's a great combination. Um, so give us a, a brief introduction to what uh, Synaptic does really. Absolutely. So Synaptic is a web app uh, where it allows, so it's, AI, it's an AI driven, web app, right? So it's an auto-marking tool that allows students to practice interactively exam questions and receive instant feedback on all the questions. It focuses on free text responses where students have to actually look at the command word, look at the maximum marks given for a question and construct the answers using the right scientific vocabulary. And this is where students really struggle with. So we'll talk about the pain points in a minute, but yeah, so Synaptic, it offers, it's an AI-driven auto-marking tool which evaluates student responses for free text and gives instant feedback. The feedback is just not a score, but it also gives a very teacher-like qualitative feedback. So it tells students what part of the answer was correct. It highlights in the student answer to say, that's where you got the two marks and that's the concepts that you got correct. And then it gives two feedback cards to say, how can you now write that correct concepts in a much more better scientific vocabulary? And these are the concepts that you got incorrect. And that is what the pink card will say. So it's a very, it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's, it's, it's exactly like a teacher feedback that a student would receive at school, but it's more instant, it's more effective. Um, yes, yeah, so that's what Synaptic does. Yeah, so it's a, in essence, it's like having a teacher uh, immediately uh, check your answer uh, and guide you in the right direction. Absolutely, yeah. And, and um, um, we'll talk about how, how this happens, but uh, you know, from my point of view, this is very unique because uh, I think it's very difficult to do when it's free text because uh, a, a teacher knows the language, knows, uh, of course, the science and can immediately uh, answer. And w- when we are trying to really mimic what the teacher does, this is a very, very big uh, task. So um, 
so and I, I and I would say we'll talk more about it uh, but uh, but uh, I, I would uh, I would guess that this can uh, really save a lot of time and create a lot of efficiencies in in everything uh, that's being done uh, is it done um, when revising for a test or when learning the materials when do when do the students use it so synaptic can be synaptic is for independent revision so the 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 aim and the purpose the intent as founders of synaptic really is that students do not leave exam revision to the last minute so when they are learning the concepts in the classroom the application of the concept to exam questions need to happen in parallel. But what happens now is the learning of concepts happen in classroom and then you learn, 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 you pile up all that concept in your brain. And then when it comes to an exam, you know, you have an exam in one week's time, then you try and see what you can apply to that exam question, right? So exam revision is literally left right to the end, which should not be the case because unless you are constantly applying the knowledge, you are not going to consolidate that information that you have in your brain, right? So for students, it is for independent revision at home uh, when, when hopefully they will be doing it throughout the year, but definitely before exams. Um, for teachers, of course, it is a huge, it's going to be a huge um, uh, empowering tool, really, because teachers, they resort to setting a homework, which will reduce their marking workload, which is resources that has the one word automation limited to the one word or multiple choice questions. Um, so then again, we come back to the same problem of when are students getting the instant feedback on the application of their knowledge, because the teacher is not going to have that time in a classroom to give that instant personalized feedback to students and students are left to self evaluate using the static revision resources, which doesn't really happen. So through synaptic teachers can actually set tasks on the open ended exam style questions, and it will not add to the marking workload they will actually get all the student results marked for them with all the insights of the strength, the weakness, the misconceptions, the gaps and everything. And that's the purpose of teachers spending hours marking anyways, isn't it? So it really reduces the teacher marking time over there. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a, something we also uh, had to speak about a, a little bit. And uh, um, yeah, I think, again, this is a, this is a, a very good example of knowing what uh, what teachers really deal with and understanding that helping teachers uh, spend less time on um, on just uh, going through homework and grading uh, I think uh, I think that's a huge help I, I would imagine uh, you, you can tell me from your experience of course I would imagine the teacher would much prefer spending time teaching and helping <laughs> students where they need the help rather than going through 20 questions and saying, okay, this is correct, this is correct, this is correct, this is correct. It so, is such a labor intensive task. And when you see automation happening in every sector of industries across, I think it's high time we have automation in education as well. No yeah. teacher wants to spend hours in manually marking the same answers, which most of them actually, they might be the similar trend once you mark 10 answers, you know, in a group of 30, but actually the gap of the knowledge is more or less the same, right? But you still have to, carry on marking and then I mean we haven't even touched upon the teacher bias and the inaccuracy of marking and the standardization you know and moderation and everything the time that the time the resource the money that goes into that yeah um, so yeah yeah so uh, can I also just add that because of the increased teacher workload well uh, the trend that's happening right now is because 
Automarking free text is difficult technology to develop. Teachers are having to fall back on uh, what's available out there, which is just multiple choice questions. And it's great. It's a great way of very quickly testing um, knowledge. However, it only tests a particular kind of knowledge, which is just your a student's ability to recall information. However, if they are able to regularly test and assess on um, using open-ended questions, like what we provide on Synaptic, they are able to make a much better judgment of real grasp of knowledge and uh, knowledge consolidation, rather than simply a recall of facts. Uh, and I think that's, that's a huge uh, benefit as well of, of a tool like this. Uh, without adding to their workload and them not having, I mean, they, teachers will now have a choice to uh, use a range of questions, multiple choice, single word, but also free text, you know, all the way up to four or five mark answers, as well as maths um, and calculation-based questions, yeah. so that they now have a, a, a full holistic uh, overview of, of uh, children's performances in, in, in class, as well as uh, during independent revision, during homework. Yeah, that's a it's a very good point, and uh, and uh, already um, uh, science teachers who are listening to us can uh, can can already use this and uh, and uh, enjoy uh, the benefits. So that's very good news, and I can just imagine uh, what would happen when you could do this for uh, uh, for English, for language, for mathematics, like you said. Um, Seeing the final answer is just one part, but seeing how exactly. a, a, how a learner how derived uh, derived it, yeah. they might have gotten it uh, right, but uh, but did the, did the wrong way, or, or they might have gotten it wrong, but the, but the way is perfect. They just made a slight calculation error, and yeah. uh, and uh, these things teacher uh, teachers um, uh, just uh, see on a day to day basis at all at all times, Absolutely. and it's a. Uh, it's a hugely time demanding and uh, and also not instant feedback for the for the learning. Um, now, behind the scenes, I want to talk about AI for a, for a few minutes because behind the scenes there is a lot of uh, um, uh, of AI going on, which has become also kind of a buzzword. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure how many people really understand. Um, uh, what is AI compared to other? Uh, uh, to other ways of, uh, of analyzing and algorithm, uh, algorithmic uh, uh, analyzing and so on. So um, for, uh, for people who are, who he who are hearing this word, this, uh, this phrase, uh, AI, um, how, would, how would you explain what it really is? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like you said, AI is, is, uh, is the buzzword, but to be honest, it is everywhere now. Um, and you know, as most of us know, AI is just it's short for artificial intelligence. And just as the name suggests, it really is a piece of algorithm or computer code, which tries to, um, you know, if I may say so, mimic or recreate or simulate um, real intelligence. Uh, in our case, it's human intelligence, but, you know, we've, we've got AI systems for pets, for example, which, which you know, simulate the intelligence in a dog, for example. Uh, but what we're talking about is more human intelligence. Um, but as scary as it may sound, um, it really, at, at the grassroots level, it really is just you know, an algorithm, a piece of 
code um, which derives principles from uh, you know mathematics, statistics, um, also you know experiments and facts and and knowledge that we've got from the way um, human uh, or, or the brain works, and we use all of those principles to. Um, derive uh, different pieces of code that are put together, stitched together uh, into uh, uh, you know, one piece of software that drives, let's say a system, a machine, a, a piece of uh, software. Uh, in our case, it's, it's the automarking tool uh, or the automarking engine as we call it, because it drives the, the app and the usage of, of our app. Um, so that really is, is artificial intelligence. Um, it is intelligent. Uh, it is super sophisticated uh, computer code. Um, however, I think there is a big drive now within the AI industry to make sure that um, AI systems are not a black box like it has been for, for so many years because um, it was genuinely dif difficult for people to explain what, what is happening in the back background. Uh, but I think now there's a lot of regulations and, you know, government level policies in place that we've got to make um, AI explainable. Um, and so, uh, you know, all, all, most companies, they, they take steps uh, to make sure that um, even ourselves, actually, we, we make sure that uh, what is being done in the background is um, there to see and, and, you know, to perceive for teachers and, and students. So, um, yeah, I hope. Okay. <laughs> I hope that's that. a, that, so. So yeah. So um. Uh, so if uh, if I look at it very very simply, you are really uh, like you said. You are trying to mimic what a, a science teacher would do when they um when they look at a, at a solved uh, problem by a student, and um, yes. And it's my understanding that you've collected a huge number of actually. Uh, solve problems in order to to mimic this. Uh, how how does this happen behind the scenes? Yeah, uh, in general, I think um, it's safe to say that AI is just only as intelligent as the data that it's been trained on. Right, that's okay. pretty much yep. uh, true for for most um, AI systems. Of course, there are lots of different levels of AI, and today, you know, conversational AI and so on. It's it's a lot more than just the data that it sees. There are self-learning systems today. But what we are doing for, with respect to, you know, in teaching and learning and within Synaptic, the way we teach the machine to mark just as a teacher would is definitely based on, you know, the, the, the type of question that the content team develops, um, the mark schemes that the content team then associates with, with every question. And then we feed the machine with uh, you know, example answers, for example. And then we tell the machine how a teacher would have marked it. And that is how the, the algorithm learns to, um, to, uh, to automatically mark a new answer for that particular question. So to a certain extent, the machine is actually not that intelligent that if it today sees a, you know, a new question, for example, it will not know how to mark. Uh, however, if, if the machine is given a new student answer for a question that it knows how to mark, 
it will uh, mark it to a very high accuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing to also note about AI systems, especially in tech and so on, where, where you know, AI has not really flooded the market yet and um, it is still new and novel that because there isn't enough data freely available to use, um, you have you have to trust trust the system and use it more so that it learns more and then it improves its uh, the way it, it marks for example um however having said that artificial intelligence in general has come a long way now um that you know it, it's really really advanced uh, based on the vast amounts of data that is available in general and so generic uh artificial intelligence systems are very, very accurate. And so I think um, there's a lot more evidence now for teachers, for example, to accept AI-based systems more readily uh, because they can be, you know, they can rest assured that these, these algorithms have been trained on, on a large amount of, you know, relatively high quality data. And so they perform at, you know, high levels of accuracy. Yeah. So, um... You mentioned training uh, the AI uh, engine itself. So uh, just to uh, uh, just to re- repeat in my in my own own words, it's really like um, like um, you would take uh, any person and uh, and show that person. Okay, this is this is how a teacher answered. This is how a teacher uh, marked. This is how a teacher uh, analyzed the student's answer. And this is done repeatedly until that person, mm-hmm. in this case, a machine, can do this themselves for a, uh, in a high accuracy. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, and, uh, and since it's very specific, then they don't need to actually be the teacher, but they can uh, do the, uh, the task of, uh, of analyzing what the uh, student did very, uh, very accurate, accurately. Can you, uh, can you tell from your experience how accurate this is? So that's it, because I yes. think immediately a teacher would ask, okay, if this is replacing <laughs> me, it better be accurate. So No, uh, so absolutely not. I think uh, something also that, that teachers um, and everybody in general needs to understand that artificial intelligence is not here to replace anyone or anybody's job. Um, I think AI should be used as a very, very reliable and efficient way of making our own lives much easier and help us to do our jobs in a much more efficient, in a much more faster, and sometimes actually in a much more accurate way. Um, and, and that kind of you know, brings us to the question about accuracy. So we mark answers um, as reliably uh, and in a more standardized way compared to uh, an examiner or a teacher. And mm-hmm. in very layman's terms, it's, it's, so the accuracy of marking actually, uh, the, it's a very sophisticated uh, system or a process, but in a very layman's way, you know, we mark at about 93 to 96% um, accuracy range. It depends on how many marks it is, the kind of question, was it a high difficulty question, low difficulty question, and so on. Um, you know, for one word answers, the accuracy is all the way up to 100%, which you would, have, you know, it, it's natural. Um, However, the reason why it's a very crude way of uh, evaluating an automarking tool is that there's a lot of 
inter-rater variability present just within teachers, within examiners, even high stakes examiners. Um, and so there's a particular way of assessing marking, whether it's uh, between two uh, examiners or two teachers, or whether it's between humans and machines, or whether it's between two different machines as well. Um, so this process, it, it, so it's a metric called inter-rater reliability, and we are well within the reliability that's seen among human markers, for example. Yeah. But actually, the more important thing to stress is um, the, the, so the same answer, for example, a same student response, if you give that same student response 100 times, 1,000 times, a million times to a machine, the machine will mark it in exactly the same way every single time. Yeah. Whereas if you give that to a teacher or an examiner, the marking accuracy just comes down with the number of times they've got to mark that. So I think that is a huge uh, benefit of, of you know, using AI to do repetitive tasks, but maintaining your standard of, uh, let's say, marking in our use case. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh... And, uh, I, I think I, a point quickly to add over there was when we spoke about um, the topic of replacing teachers and how we said it's, it's not, right? AI is not here to, but in particular in synaptic and how even you mentioned, Amir, like it's just like training a person to mark in an effective way until the marking accuracy improves. But even at that stage, if a teacher on, on the school product, if a teacher has seen a machine mark and this does not agree with the machine mark, the teacher can override the machine's mark. So the final Absolutely. control, the final say of what mark that particular student response should be given is in the teacher's hand. So all we, all we are doing through Synaptic is, as we have kind of just mentioned, is to make use this technology to make the teacher's life much more easier and empower the teacher with the data through that process. And that's what it is. So yeah, so I just wanted to reiterate over there that absolutely, it's not like the teacher absolutely. has to accept the mark given by the machine, but the teacher has the power to override the mark. And even on when a student is revising at home independently, the student can challenge the machine mark and say, I don't agree with it. So we have built that in within the, within the web app platform itself that when a student is revising and a student goes, well, actually, I don't agree with the machine's mark. So that feedback can instantly be provided and we look at every single feedback that is given by the user. To so really you can report. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so to go back and evaluate, but because a lot of times, especially if it's a student, they would go, well, my answer was correct, which is exactly how a teenage brain would work. And sometimes the student is correct, but sometimes the student is not correct because that is the lack of experience of that student in analyzing and evaluating their answer against what the actual answer should be. And hopefully in future, we will be able to build in features over there where the machine will then further on be able to say, actually, yeah. that is a misconception that you have. Yeah. And I mean, the volume, you know, like misconceptions never get met. And that's because you never know what the misconceptions are. We know the general one, but majority, I mean, you can, any teacher can not put the hand in the heart and say, well, I've taught this your group for five years. They have finished the science course and they have no misconception because you don't know all the misconceptions. 
but hopefully with synaptic we will be able to fine-tune that and tell the teachers exactly what the misconception is so yeah so i can go on on that so i'm gonna, I'm gonna wow go that that's that's really really powerful it's yeah. really really powerful i can imagine actually that if you get uh um feedback from a a uh, hundred different uh, students on a particular set of questions, uh, maybe that would uh, show the, that, that yes, there is uh, something that needs to be uh, looked at for that particular question or for how, uh, uh, how it's analyzed. So, yeah. so really uh, the students' feedback, I think, is also very powerful as data. And data, so, and I mean, uh, like, oh, just yeah. to kind of tell you a very, very uh, story that actually happened a few weeks back when we were in a school and we were running this quiz competition for students and we had students across from year 8 to year 10 taking the same questions exactly the same questions and we had this question on what would happen when lime water is passed through carbon dioxide a very common question in science that students are exposed to so what would happen when lime water is passed through carbon dioxide it's a test for carbon dioxide and every single student from year 8 to year 10 in that particular school gave the answer it will go green in color and I have never heard that answer in my 13 years of teaching experience. And that's a true misconception. I'm sitting there thinking, where are you getting that answer from? So then when I went back and I asked one of, why is everyone giving me green? That's a misconception because they have gone lime water, lime, green, so it's gonna go green. Yeah. Which they've all missed the point that actually it doesn't happen. It goes cloudy and that indicates the presence of the gas carbon dioxide over there. So, these students can go through the entire course without you know, failing to understand that would have never been met, right? And you do kind of depend, rely on those students who do take the extra effort, who are actually 100% attentive, who go back home and do their revision and everything, and that consolidation happens perfectly. But unfortunately, that does not happen for every student. And that's just yeah. one example over there. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um... Let let me uh, let me ask you about uh, really the experience of uh, of teachers and students using technology. So, what have you found so far? Uh, for, first of all, uh, just to um, uh, at the time that we are speaking, and this will obviously evolve. Uh, you're focused on science, and specifically for uh, the uh, GCSE, which is the British. Uh, assessment that takes place in year uh, 11. So, um, uh, so uh, can you explain? Um, uh, so, uh, first of all, just correct me if I'm wrong. This is currently a, uh, where the uh, where the majority of the problems are being uh, solved, and um, and, and uh, just share uh, share some of your experience with uh, what you've learned so far. Absolutely. So Synaptic uh, is definitely, as you, as you said, it is uh, available as of now for GCSE science. So that is for students from year 9 up to year 11 who can use the product. Uh, we've had the schools pilot the product and uh, the reviews from teachers has been amazing. They all signed up onto the product just because they heard that we have a tool that can automark free text. And that's all they had to see. And they went, really? I want to see it. And then they used it for about eight weeks and the feedback has been really, really positive. And they've all been like wowed by the fact that there is technology which actually can do something like this and give the instant feedback to the students 
so that they get the feedback at the right moment. And that's like learning in the moment, which is exactly what you want because delayed feedback just is not effective to learning at all. And then for teachers, you get all the insights as we have just mentioned. So, uh, so teachers have been blown away by the product. They have of course given us a lot of feedback on how we can improve the product to make it more effective for teachers to use it with the students. And all of that feedback is going into the development of our school product, which will be launched in October. Okay, so where? So, so the uh, uh, before we speak about the school product, the uh, the current version is being used uh, individually by the student. Is it used at home in the classroom? Where do you? Uh, um, so the revision product, which we launched in March, that is for parents to buy into the subscription model for students to revise independently at home. And once again, for that, um, you know what, I mean, our prototype, which had just, it didn't even have the interactive element. It just had the questions which students could answer and it had the model answer. And in science, it's, it's, it's such an understatement that we don't understand how much, we kind of just expect the students would know how to write an answer, how to put it together. But just having that model answer, students were, were like, wow, that's really helpful because I didn't know I could actually, because I do have these words in my head, but I don't know how to put that coherently, right? So just having that model answer was helpful. But now when you have a product which actually analyzes your answer and tells you what part is right, what part is wrong, that is hugely even more useful for a student. So once again, students feedback, uh, students are very critical of the machine marking as well. So we get a lot of in-app feedback going, well, I don't think it's correct, or you know, uh, this could have been done better, which is really useful for us. But in general, the, the usage on the revision product by students also has been, has been really good on that aspect. Okay, so when, uh, going back to the teachers, um, uh, do you find that uh, a, a, a huge part of their motivation is really the uh, the marking and the time it saves? Where do you see the the biggest benefit for the teacher? Definitely, definitely. I think it is uh, the the ability to use to the ability to get students trained on exam techniques and skills, which they do not have that time in the classroom. And to do that without adding to their marking workload. And I think that is the two key things over here, right? And then, of course, comes the marking work workload itself. But beyond that, if we go, uh, and the other thing that we have discovered is the amount of resources financially which is spent on photocopying, right? Which, uh, again, is an understatement because science faculties have a very limited budget. And of that budget, a huge chunk goes off for photocopying, assessments, end-of-topic tests, mock exam papers, and all of that, right? And something like Synaptic, where it is digital, it's online. And we're not saying that high-stake exam today is going to make paperless, but definitely if we go towards that, and we will talk about that as well. But yeah, I think in, it definitely ticks off a lot of boxes over there where it will save money, which can then be directed for resources, teachers, because teachers are short-staffed and you, schools do not have the money to hire recruit teachers, right? So that money, and I'm sure if you take, you go to head of science and say, well, now you have a thousand extra pounds, what are you gonna do with it? They're gonna have a large, lot of things that they would immediately want to do with that. So yes, so it does help. It does reduce the financial burden. It, it reduces teacher marking workload. It gives the insights, which is hugely important, but more importantly, it also standardizes the marks across the faculty because when you have 10 teachers, they're all gonna be marking differently, right? So it, 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 does, it does have a lot of 
other benefits that it comes with as well. Okay. And um, so today, uh, does the school uh, subscribe to the product uh, for the students, uh, apart from a parent who can uh, do that for their own uh, children? Yeah, so I, when we launched the, when we, so we piloted the, with schools, the product, the same revision product. So we did not have those, well, we, I mean, we, we haven't, we don't have the school uh, product yet, but schools did try the product, which was the revision product, and we put together a very skeletal dashboard that teachers could use uh, for, just for the sake of the piloting, so that we, we can get that feedback and initial, you know, appetite from teachers. But for school product, yes, uh, schools will, uh, our website would have all the information. Schools can get in touch with us uh, to, if they're interested to get more information about how to onboard. And we are trying to make the process as simple as possible for teachers. So onboarding should be straightforward. But yes, if you go on to synaptic.com, the website should have all information in October to show, by October, to show how a school or a teacher who is keen to use the product with students will be able to do that. Um, excellent. If you, and if you uh, mentioned the website, let's spell it out because it's important to know how to, uh, um, yes. because it's not, it's not synaptic like S-Y. How is it spelled? <laughs> So it is S A I N A P T I C. So I repeat that it's S A I N A P T I C, synaptic.com. Yeah. And uh, okay, so that's it. Why, that's why it. we are on the, on the name of the company, um, the reason why it's synaptic, obviously, we, we are playing on the word synaptic, which you rightly said. So synapse helps in knowledge consolidation. Uh, but we are doing that with the use of AI and therefore it's synaptic. Synaptic. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. And um, yeah, to, to anyone who's listening, I really recommend going to, uh, to synaptic.com and uh, you can actually try the product there. So uh, um, uh, ha having answered the science questions many years ago, I didn't do so well <laughs> when I started, <laughs> but uh, it, it's definitely a it's definitely a pleasure to see a, to see it in action. Um, uh, let's you. talk about where, where where this is going. So where where is AI going in general, and where are you going with the product? Is it going to remain on science? Um, uh, where, where is the focus? Uh, expanding it uh, to better usage of schools or going into more subjects? Where is it going? Um. Maybe I, I'll take the bit with, 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 you know, where we think AI is going in general. I mean, I think we would love to see every EdTech product um, that is being used by teachers and students have an AI component um, just naturally embedded in it. Um, it. It's got to be part of every single um, learning and teaching, uh, teaching and learning product that, that's out there. The reason is that I think teaching in general, teaching, learning, there's a lot of repetitive tasks that are embedded within everything that teachers do on a daily basis. Yeah. And to be honest, they shouldn't be wasting their very, very, very valuable skills and time on doing those repetitive tasks. One of them is marking, which we've already spoken a lot about. Um, but there are a number of administrative tasks that can be automated, um, not necessarily with AI actually, just simple, you know, normal automation 
uh, but also it can be enhanced with um, artificial intelligence. Um, also, as we all can relate to, right, as teachers, it is impossible for a teacher to be up to date with every single student's learning journey, all the way from year nine to, you know, year 11, for, for example, the GCSE uh, journey. And so AI most definitely, definitely can help in, in that. So within the classroom, if you want to have a very quick uh, overview of you know, where every student is so that you can then tailor what you teach um, at the class level, but also at the individual student level, targeted interventions, all of that uh, AI can help, help teachers do that in a very, very fast, effective and um, accurate manner. Um, so let me let me under, uh, let let me see if I understand the uh, mm -hmm. uh, your point. So because uh, the longer the student interacts with the AI system, then apart from learning about the entire universe of learners and suggesting the right uh, way to go or analyzing uh, what they've solved, they've, uh, the system actually gets to know the student very well. So, exactly. uh, so uh, the system can follow uh, the student's progress maybe better uh, than uh, the teacher. Than a teacher would be able to. Uh, not that a teacher cannot, but they are not able to do so because of the time constraints and just the, the classroom setting, right? Um, and so, I mean, a, a true uh, teaching and learning system, which, which we are all working towards, is you know, looking at student behaviors, um, how much time they spend on what kinds of questions. There, you can make an a, an edtech tool so hyper um, personalized that it is almost as if the machine knows every student in and out. What do they prefer learning with? Are they more an audio? Are they more a visual person? Do they like to read more? Um, are they really good at you know uh, maths, for example? So all of this information, in general, I think a teacher. To be fair, they, they have a very good idea of where every student is. However, I think this can be done a bit more effectively and at a much earlier um, stage of the student journey with the help of AI. Um, yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I can imagine imagine uh, uh, two um, uh, two students, let's say, for example, achieving high marks. However, um, uh, the uh, the system they work with can know that one got there by revising a lot mm -hmm. and making tons of mistakes and uh, and they just uh, can answer questions because they just have been through so many questions they just know the yeah. answer but they may not understand yeah. it while the other one is very quick they really got the concepts and they can be challenged much more in the classroom more. later on exactly yeah exactly. Uh, although the results uh, look the same so uh, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So uh, and that's yeah. just one aspect, right? This is what we're talking about here is just first giving personalized um, uh, learning yeah. to students, but in a classroom setting, but also you know at, at home. Um, where where we are going? So there's a large number. So there's conversational AI now that is being used quite actively, especially in the US. I think maybe UK still the adoption is a bit lower, but conversational AI, which is um, you know, using chatbots or like artificial tutors to help uh, students revise more effectively or answer questions. 
that possibly a teacher doesn't have the time to do uh, in, in the class. So that's something that's um, happening. And I think uh, it will also be a standard tool uh, maybe in, in a few years time. Um, a very interesting use case actually I feel is also language learning. So language learning for a student at the moment, I mean, mostly state schools, they, you know, they teach French, maybe some teach a, a few additional languages at secondary school level. But I feel kids really, I mean, they don't really learn the language. Uh, and it's because they don't have enough conversational practice, for example. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. However, with artificial systems, they will be able to, at the individual learner level, um, be actively involved in practicing learning a language. And in the longer term, I mean, being bilingual, trilingual, it can only help in the overall attainment of, of students, for example. So I see a huge uh, drive, and I hope, you know, you know, other tech providers are listening, um, that this is a, a probably an untapped sort of market. It's not yet there. Um, and, and I know for sure there are people who are working on this, and it really needs to um, come into mainstream schools as uh, something that every school does. Um, and yeah, I think that is the future. And of course, the, the future that we are working towards is, you know, digital assessments being the norm. You know, every school does only digital formative assessments so that they have regular um, high quality insights always available to them that the teacher is actively using to, you know, target um, and teach according to what the real pupil needs are. And... I don't know, maybe very soon, uh, high stakes exams will, will become um, digital as well. And uh, really, I mean, we, we want to be the name that uh, exam bodies come to when the time comes. Um, before, before that happens, I think there has to be, you know, just assessments in general and moderation. It's a very labor intensive um, and an expensive process. So we are working towards uh, you know, trying to work in collaboration with assessment bodies to see if um, to start off with the tool can be actually used as an internal uh, uh, tool to, to reduce costs, for example. So there are a number of, um, you know, ways in which the future of synaptic lies. But, but really, I mean, I think we are <laughs> both uh, as Kavita and myself coming from an academic and, you know, teaching background, yeah. we are here I, to improve uh... student outcomes, right? Yeah. Practicing and revising on synaptic on a regular basis improves scientific oracy. At the moment, it's only scientific oracy, but hopefully, you know, go to different subjects as well. Um, but really, it takes students away from meaningless clicking of multiple choice questions and really, you know, taking a few seconds to put all their thoughts into words, which is a scientifically proven technique to improve learning and improve student outcomes. And as soon as they have an interactive tool where they're able to do this, gather all of the knowledge that they've got and apply that knowledge to a question in, in our case, I think that that whole um, process leads to long-term uh, you know, memory and retention and consolidation of knowledge. And that, of course, will lead to you know, improved student outcomes. So ultimately, that's what we are here for, right? We want to 
increase the attainment of students across in economic models. Um, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think definitely it's not, it's not only a, a grading, uh, it's, 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 it's actually the, the actual learning itself. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, the other and really uh, interesting point here is a lot of students, they kind of graze through secondary school, right? So if, say, for a student who has really, you know, not taking, major, which is majority of the teenagers, to be very honest, who are not taking studies too seriously uh, and just having a good time in school. And then in year 10, they go, wow, okay, because now I can see the future more closely and I need to sit and crack on with it. In a subject like science, it's like learning a new language. So in year 10, if you want to pick up, which is, which is very close to your exams because you have a few months into it, you then have to learn the vocabulary, learn the concept, apply that, right? And a lot of students, they give up because the confidence level is so low that they set very low expectations for themselves and they never then are able to go beyond that to get a good score. The continuous practice of a tool like this will improve student confidence. They will go back into lessons more confident. They will be engaged more with lessons. The behavior problems that science teachers have will go down. You talk to any science teacher, other than the top top sets that are really like nailed and they know exactly why they are in science. Students yeah. don't want to learn science. Why do they not want to learn science? Like if you put me today in a Spanish lesson, I would be bored because I wouldn't have any confidence over there, right? So my yeah. engagement with that lesson, with that subject is going to be so low. But so again, this is proven, right? This is proven. Why do why do schools drive homework? Because they know if students engage with that concept at home, they will come back into the lesson with a far better engagement. Behavior issues will be low. If behavior yeah. issues are low, teachers can just deliver the content and not deal with behavior issues, right? Which is again a huge problem in schools across the globe, especially in the UK over here. So that's the other other intent that you use the tool more. Your confidence improves. You're more thorough with the vocabulary, with the knowledge, and we're going to have more students graduating other STEM subjects, which is what we need as a nation. But going back to why should teachers use more edtech tools? Because we have a generation here which is in technology for technology. So unless they see the adults in their setting for five years, which they spend a considerable amount of time in the school, if they see teachers still using the blackboards, the old traditional way, they are not in line with where the generation is going. And that's just unfair to, the, to this current generation that as adults, as teachers, we are doing to them. So on the whole, I do feel that the uptake, the teacher should be more open to edtech, to see what it offers, to adopt more edtech products. And for, for that very sake, right? We cannot be stuck in our old methods because it's working, but it is working, but it's, it could be better, right? It could be better and you're teaching this generation and you have to, we have to be adopt technology so that they can see it and they are more well prepared for what the future is gonna put in front of them. Yeah, I think a good message for uh, teachers uh, is, uh, is, you know, try out new technology. Have your students try it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, if, if, it, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't. But if it does work for you, it might be uh, something huge. So, uh, so, so yeah, I, I really agree. I can personally relate, by the way. I have, um, I have a daughter going into year nine next year. And the science is, uh, she's a very good student. Science is not one of her favorite subjects. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, but she, she really 
likes studying. She, she, she wants to study. I, uh, I'm certain she, she is going to look at this and, uh, and, um, and try working with it because uh, I, I, can, I can imagine how it would help her in, uh, in feeling this confidence that you, are, mm-hmm. that you are talking about because she wants to feel confident. And I think many times um, uh, uh, one of the uh, things, uh, things that I was happy to hear uh, speaking to a lot of students is that most of most of them they really want to understand they they uh, they, they don't they they don't want to just go through uh, uh, their schooling uh, just uh, and be done with it they uh, as they are doing it they do want to they do seek understanding um yeah. sometimes it's so difficult and so frustrating that they give up but uh, but in in their essence they do want to understand so i think these tools are are really important um Tell me, tell me a bit more about uh, uh, what subjects you want to go uh, go into. Are you uh, going deeper into science, or expanding the year groups, or going into different subjects? Where is this uh, heading in the future, as far as you uh, can now see? It's 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 going to be completely user driven. Synaptic from day one has been user driven about the features and everything. So this again would be more user driven. Uh, we, we there is I mean because there is potential either way we could go across subjects or we could go in deeper into A level where there is no resource resource yeah. availability in A level especially resources that is accessible to students affordable to mm. students this is that's, that's it's good to zero over there so yeah so we could uh, um, it's either going to be A level sciences or it could be across other GCSE subjects wherever users uh, are asking us to go okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like our sort of vision, really, the way we picture the future, just to sort of, um, you know, where we see synaptic fitting in is if you imagine, you know, you have your textbooks, let's say just within GCSE, right? You have your textbooks and the textbooks have these end of chapter lesson um, questions. Imagine if every question was available for students to practice interactively on, on yeah. synaptic. I mean, that's, that is the vision that, that we see, uh, you know, that's where we should be going. And we want to be able to lo- work with, you know, all these digital ebook providers, for example, because it's very easy. We have an API um, uh, type setup where it's very easy to plug and play with, uh, with our automarking tool. So it's, it's uh, easy to bring to life almost, you know, any textbook uh, end, of, end of chapter uh, practice questions and uh, children will be instantly receiving uh, feedback and uh, they can, you know, go back to the textbook and revise if, if uh, they, they feel they haven't done so well. So yeah, that's, and, and, that's uh, where we are headed. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's excellent. And even if uh, eventually the, this doesn't replace the actual exam, um, I could imagine that I as a student could take a mock exam from start to finish, not getting the immediate feedback, just as I would in a oh, regular yes. exam. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and that's a huge preparation tool, especially yeah. I can, uh, you know, in a book, you, can, you have so many questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in a system, you can have thousands and thousands of questions and I could mm-hmm. encounter a different exam every time. Once I'm done with 10, I'm probably ready for the real, uh, real exam. So, uh, yeah. No, you, you've, uh, you've uh, nailed it in the sense that that's one of the app features. Um, so technology is one thing, but 
one of the app features that we will be working towards is this uh you know two different modes of using using the app so one is the revision where you know students get feedback instantly for every question let's say but the other mode is like a test mode where uh, you know it's a mock exam or it's just an end of topic uh, test with you know just a few handful of questions where you only answer questions and then you get like a result at the end of it so um that is something that's in, you know it is in the to do list uh, yeah. hopefully no, i hopefully think there is so much potential there is uh, i i uh, if yeah if i go back to um you know i encounter uh, for example from time to time i encounter uh my daughter preparing for for a test in math for example um mm. asking me to make up questions for her this doesn't oh, make yes. any sense uh yes. <laughs> you should have a resource where you click a button and you get 10 more questions yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, so absolutely. yeah yeah so i mean i mean on that point i think it's really useful to also mention that for a student uh the only i mean if you want personalized feedback or personalized revision for independent job when you're at home uh tutor is is the is is the only way unless you have parents who are able to give that personalized support every single time yeah um, an hour of tutor would cost anywhere between 35 to 50 pounds and so that then limits that kind of cuts off a huge population of students who just cannot afford that definitely the gcse course right again over here synaptic the monthly payment is way less than what it would cost them for uh, for an hour of tutor so i think it is super accessible that way and to any other listener who's looking for like edtech you're a tutor you have a youtube channel i think synaptic is very complimentary to whatever you have it's not here to replace anyone or anything it's just complimentary to whatever resource you are providing to provide this as an add on complement to your students to your users is what is what synaptic would do yeah yeah i can see that Excellent. Wow. Uh, it's been amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, for all, uh, all of uh, the time that you spent with me. And, mm, um, and yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's, uh, what's up next. Uh, and now I have a personal vested interest to, uh, <laughs> as my daughter <laughs> goes into, uh, into year nine. Um, uh, so, uh, so yeah. Um, uh, yeah you, you know where uh, to, where to go next. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Been a pleasure. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening. This has been the teaching edge podcast and we will see you soon in our next episode. Visit our website at theteachingedge.org.